Hallelujah. Well, if you'll turn with us tonight to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, I know that I preached from that text this morning, but I just <clears throat> was praying this afternoon, just uh, felt like the Lord would, like, would want me to go back there and preach there a few more minutes tonight from Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, if you're able to stand with us in reverence to the Word of God in prayer, Ephesians chapter 5, we'll look at this text tonight, God willing. Look with us tonight in verse number 18. I know this is a familiar passage. If you're a Bible reader, then I know you're familiar with this. Ephesians 5 and verse number 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the privilege to be back in the house of God. Thank you, Lord, tonight for the privilege to preach your word. Lord, thank you for the good singing and your presence, God, what you have done in this place. And I pray now that you'll bless, have your will, have your way in the service. May you be glorified, may you be magnified. I pray that you'll be uplifted tonight. Help us to say only what you would have us to say. Lord, may we not say anything that you would not have us say tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. All God's people said. I want to preach tonight on this subject. Uh, Tonight I think that this would be a message that uh, we would say tonight is not just... I'm not just <coughs> preaching tonight to, uh, to just be preaching, but I want to preach tonight on this subject concerning the Spirit-filled life. And I want to preach tonight on uh, just not just the importance of being Spirit-filled, but why that every person in our church needs to be, a, that is saved, needs to be a Spirit-filled Christian. Amen? This is concerning the will of God uh, for every person. In fact, if I was going to uh, title this message, and I really didn't write a title down, but if I was going to title this message, I would title this message, God's will for every believer. God's will for every believer. And we preached this morning about the will of God in first in verse number 17 where the Bible says, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And we talked about understanding the will of God, how that the will of God involves some things in our life. It involves precepts and it involves prayer and it involves people in our life and it involves providence uh, and then also so uh, it involves patience as we wait for God uh, to perform his will in our life. But I want to simply say this tonight, that this message I think is one of the most important messages starting this year out because not only does it concern the will of God, but it tells us how to live a victorious Christian life throughout 2017. I think that every one of us tonight as Christians ought to strive not just to live for God, but to live a victorious life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, when you think about tonight being filled with the Spirit, we don't hear a lot of preaching about that anymore. There's not a lot of saints that are Spirit-filled saints. I wonder tonight if you are a spirit-filled saint. Am I a spirit-filled preacher tonight? Those That is something that every one of us must ask ourselves, not just tonight, but it's something we must ask ourselves on a daily basis. Now, when you think about the will of God and you think about what the Bible is saying here in verse 17 in context, he said, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let me just say this tonight. God has a very simple will for 
for every one of us. Amen. And I can tell you in two minutes the will of God for every single person in this room. I want to say first of all, the will of God for everyone in this room tonight is that we be saved. Amen. In First Timothy chapter number two and verse number four, the Bible says, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now it's the will of God that every man, woman, boy, and girl, no matter what their nationality is, no matter what their background is, no matter what dispensation of time they lived in, God wants every person, it is his will that everybody be saved and that not anybody perish, amen? The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter number three that he's not willing that any should perish but that all might come to repentance, amen? So it's the will of God that we be saved. Then it's the will of God that we be separated. In Romans chapter number 12 and verse number one, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy except one to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he said, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if you're saved tonight, the next thing on God's agenda, and I know that when you get saved, you're to be baptized into the local church, but the next thing on God's agenda is that he clean you up, amen? He cleans you up on the inside and then he wants to clean you up on the outside. And it's separation from the world, but it's separation to the word of God. In Psalms chapter number one, the Bible said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now the man in Psalms chapter number one is separated from the world because he's in love with the word of God. Do you know I've seen people get saved and I've seen this in this church and other churches as well. I've seen people get saved and go to cleaning up their life and thank God for that. I believe you ought to clean your life up. But my friend, if all you do is just, if all you have is just a list of do's and don'ts and you should have a list of do's and don'ts, but if that's all you have, then you're going to be a very empty Christian tonight. Brother, they ought to, if there's going to be victory in your life, listen, it's not just cutting things out of your life that gives you victory. The Pharisees cut just about everything out that you could cut out, but they didn't have anything on the inside. And my friend, if you're going to live victorious, you have to take some things out, but you've got to put some things in. Amen? And my friend, if you don't do that, you'll live an empty life rather than a victorious life. You'll become a bitter Christian rather than a better Christian. But when you tell the world no and you come out from among the world as the Bible says and you're separate from this world but you separate to the word of God it makes you a joyful Christian not a sourful Christian when I think about this tonight it's the will of God that every person be saved it's the will of God that every person tonight be separated and then I want to say tonight it's it's the will of God that every person be surrendered do you know God wants your life and my life to be surrendered to do his will you, you and I, and I'm not, listen, in salvation, certainly we surrender to God in salvation. But then there comes that point in our life after we've come away from the world, after we've come into the word of God, God will start putting demands in our life. God will start challenging our Christian faith. He'll start challenging our walk with him. And it's then that God is seeking that we would surrender all of ourselves to him, that we might be better used for his honor and his glory. 
You know, a lot of people will say to God, God, I'll give you certain areas of my life, but I want to keep this one area. I want to hold on to this one thing. I promise you, whatever that is tonight, it doesn't even have to be sin. But if it's that one thing that dominates your life, if it's that one area of your life that you're not willing to turn loose of, then friend, you're not fully surrendered to God. And if you're not fully surrendered to God, then you cannot be fully used of God and you cannot be fully blessed by God tonight. Surrender is very important. Brother Charles quoted this verse over in uh, the prayer room this afternoon as he said in James chapter number four and verse number six, the Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now there's a difference in surrender and submission, amen? But God wants us to be submitted to the will of God. We're to submit ourselves to God. The Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I ask you a question that God asks me on a regular basis. Have you submitted everything to the Lord? Have you turned everything over to God? I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your future. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about your job. I'm talking about your your bank account. I'm talking about your home. I'm talking about your cars. I'm talking about does God, have you given God everything? Is there some area of your life that, that is robbing you of the blessings of God? Is there something consuming you tonight that keeps you from prayer, that keeps you from your Bible reading? Is there something that you get more excited about than you do serving God tonight? I'm saying, listen, those are areas of surrender in all of our life. You know, the thing I have seen in the 28 years of being saved is this. Is that this old flesh, Brother Charles, sometimes I'll give something up and the flesh will want to go take it back. I'll get victory over something today and tomorrow and even next week. And if I'm not careful, the flesh will fall right back in that old pit again. And I'm facing that same temptation. I'm facing that same desire. So what? how do you say, preacher, how do you conquer that? Paul said, I die daily. Amen. You know when Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when he laid his head down on Nero's chalk block, he didn't have a problem dying that day because Paul had spent the rest of his life since he had got saved, dying every single day of his life. It was just another day in the life of Paul because Paul had crucified the flesh every day. So dying on that day in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 was not that big of a deal to Paul because a long time ago he had surrendered to do the will of God in his life. He said in Philippians 1 and verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Every time I read that verse, I think about what am I living for today? What am I living for today? You know, some people live for their jobs and I think there's nothing. I thank God for a job and and you got to have a job to survive. I understand that, but I don't want to live for my job. Do you know that God gave you that job so you could be a witness to those people that you work around? There's a greater plan than when you go to work on Monday morning than just earning a paycheck. There's a bigger, there's a bigger, uh, there's a bigger agenda on that day. It's to do a good job for your employer, but I'll tell you, it's to be a witness to those that you're around. It's to be a light to those uh, that God has uh, placed in your pathway. It's to be the salt of the earth, but you can never do that if you don't surrender to the will of God. Then I want to say tonight, not only is it God's will, that we be saved, that we be separated, that we be surrendered. But it's God's will tonight that every single one of us that's in this building that is saved tonight, that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you so many people today, 
especially in this day and time, do not even put a premium on being spirit-filled anymore. It's almost as if it's something we don't hear preached about like we used to. I'm telling you, friend, the Bible says in verse number 18, and be not drunk with wine when is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That Listen, what that means is is to be controlled by the Spirit. It means to be completely yielded to the Holy Spirit. You see what God wants from me and what God wants from you is that when we get up in the morning time is that we surrender our will to God's will and that we spend our days, uh, my friend, we spend tomorrow, we spend the next day doing our best to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God in our life. You know, if we let the Holy Spirit control us, we wouldn't have to worry about all them other spirits controlling us. Can I get a witness on that? You might be here tonight and say, I have a problem with anger. If you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you won't have a problem with anger anymore. Somebody say amen. Because the Bible said, let all wrath and bitterness and clamor be put away from you. Amen. You may have a problem with the spirit of jealousy. But if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry about the spirit of jealousy. You may have the spirit of gossip. Amen. You may have to roll your tongue up at night because you like to talk. But you won't have to worry about the spirit of gossip if you get filled with the Holy Spirit. See, there's a lot of things that by just yielding to God on a daily basis will take care of themselves. You know, if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll love your spouse a whole lot more. I mean, you'll love your wife more than you've loved her before. You'll love your husband more than than you've ever loved him before. You won't complain. You won't criticize. You won't talk about them. You won't listen. You won't find the fault. You won't look for the bad. That's in them all the time. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, hey, you'll pray for them children and love them children. You'll find out when you're filled with the Spirit, they won't get on your nerves half as much when you're filled with the Spirit. Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Don't you want to live in peace? Be filled with the Spirit. Don't you want to have fullness of joy? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hey, don't, I'm telling you, listen, there's so much division in our churches and I thank God for the unity that's in this church. It was mentioned also in the prayer room tonight and I thank God for the unity that is in this church. If there's a problem in this church, I'm talking about a church problem, a church issue. If there's a rift, if there's a, uh, listen, if there's a problem tonight, I'm not aware of it. Thank God for that tonight. Do you know how you keep, how you keep unity with each other? By walking in the Spirit. You see, a spirit-filled man or a spirit-filled woman will strive for unity, will strive to work things out, will strive to not keep division, will purpose in their heart, they'll endeavor to keep everybody in the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace, as the Bible says. That's what spirit people do. We walk together, not against each other. I don't have to tell you this tonight, but in every church, you have people that seems like they work against the church, not for the church. The reason for that is only two reasons. Number one, either they're lost and they're never going to be happy with the church because they're not saved. Or the other reason is, is they're a carnal Christian that's backslid out of the will of God. You see, you can sit in the best church in the county and sit around in some of the best services that's ever been and just do nothing but find fault in the church. And it's not the church and it's not the services. It's not the choir. It's not the preacher. It's your spirit tonight. 
You can come to church and everybody else get blessed and everybody else get help and you not get anything out of that service. You know why? Because your spirit has been affected. Now I'm gonna tell you something, friend. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you can come to church and be walking through the trials of your life. You can be walking through the greatest valley of your life uh, and seem like you wouldn't think you would get no help whatsoever. I'm telling you, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, brother, it wouldn't matter if everybody else in the church was mad. You could still get help. Uh, you could still be blessed uh, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit because he helps you tonight. Things in life will rob us of being controlled by God. And I think about spirit-filled people tonight and I wanna give you this and I'll be through. I wanna tell you why it's so important that every person in this building that's in this church tonight, why it's so important that in 2017, the, the greatest thing that you can do in your Christian life as a saved person tonight is to strive to be a spirit-filled saint. I'm gonna tell you why that's so important in 2017. Number one, because spirit-filled people are steady people. Amen. Do you know what is killing our churches today? No consecration, little dedication, lack of commitment. There's a younger generation. When I say younger generation, I'm talking about my age and under that has come up today that they don't know much about commitment. They don't know about being faithful even when you don't feel good. They don't know about coming and fulfilling your responsibility even when you're tired or you're sick or things just don't just don't go your way that way. You see, that older generation knows that this is what they live for. This is what they do. This is why they're here. This is priority. This is number one. And so they're steady. And listen, there's people sitting here tonight. By all means, if you wasn't here, I would completely understand that. But they just keep on coming. They're just steady. They don't magnify their problems. They don't, listen, they don't carry the, play the violin of woe is me and I'm going through a deep trial and I'm going through a dark valley. They're just steady friend. They just keep on coming. They just keep on going. You know why? Because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what babies like? Attention. That little old grandson, he does okay till he gets hungry. And when he gets hungry, it's just like, it's just like you flipped a light switch on, you know? It's just like you sounded, you know, it's like you pushed that button in the elevator. It sounds that alarm. He just instantly goes to screaming. And I was trying to teach him this afternoon, don't get so mad when you get hungry. But I don't think he's listening to me. I mean, he went from just smiling like a good Baptist. I mean, he was grinning like a possum, friend, from the top of one earlobe to the other. And uh, you know what? He was just as happy. And then all of a sudden, that hunger set in. And like a Baptist, he went from being happy to mad just like that. I told Celeste, I said, you ought to pop his diaper for that. Come on now. You know, somebody come up to me. Can I just get off for one minute, Brother David? You can. Okay, he gave me permission. So somebody come and said, you'll change when that grandson comes along. I'm going to tell you something I ain't never changing on, and that's whipping kids. Amen. Grandkid or not, somebody say amen. amen. Now, you grandparents didn't say amen right there. I didn't say I was going to do it. I just said he needs to be done. Amen. I've wore my hand out enough, praise God. But you know something? Isn't that the way we are a lot of times? We want attention. Brother Roach was, and I don't mean to keep referring to him, but I'm going to tell you the testimony he gave in the prayer room was a blessing. 
And he asked us to pray for him about something. And he shared it with us. And it was no small thing by no means. But he said it was somewhat, I think, a year ago. Do you know I'm his pastor and he never even told me that. And he's going through, been going through something for a year, Brother Lady, and I didn't even know about it. And I'm not offended by that. I just That's just a spirit-filled Christian. He just... If he, if he wanted me to know, he would tell me. And he knows I'm praying for him and he's praying for me. But you know what? He got that news and he didn't come in here and magnify that. And I'm not saying that we can't ever say things about trials that we go through, but I am saying this, we have to be careful because the trial's really not about us. The trials of life, you know what he said? You say, well, what did he say? He said, we all pray for me that I'll have grace. Friend, that's spirit filled right there. Spirit-filled is when you learn to be steady. Spirit-filled is when you cut the drama out of your life. Spirit-filled is when you grow up a little bit and you mature and you realize that this life isn't really about you and that the things that we go through in life, yes, they hurt. Yes, we have heartache. Yes, we have heartbreak. And sometimes we ask people to pray and sometimes we ask the church to pray. I'm not saying that tonight, but I'm saying these people that are always living in a valley, these people that are always going through a trial, but when you look at it's really not big compared to someone else. They just need to mature a little bit. Amen. I've witnessed that down through these years. I've watched people in this church. I've watched them walk through deep waters. And my heart break for them. But I've watched them spirit-filled people. They're just like this. They never waver. And I'm sure their faith goes up and down on the inside just like everybody else. And I know that they have doubts and they have fears, but yet they're just steady. I remember years ago, Brother Sammy Allen making this statement. He may still say it, but I've heard him say it over and over and over again, talking about spirit-filled people. Said you'll have to be a spirit-filled person and you'll have to discern when another spirit-filled person is going through a great trial because most of the time they'll not ever say anything about their trial. There you say, why don't they talk about it? I'm gonna tell you why. They learn who to lean on. They're getting their help and their strength and their source. It's coming from something much greater than you and I. I'm not saying they don't need us, but when they do need help, they know where to go to. They know they've got a secret place. They open up this well of water and they find their strength in the scriptures of the word of God. Young Christians, young Christians will oftentimes tell everything that goes on in their life because they've not yet learned that. But you know, you could learn it tonight. Do you realize that? You don't have to be saved 50 years to be spirit-filled. You could start tonight. You could yield to God. Wouldn't you like to just be steady in your Christian life? If you're here tonight, are you not tired of being up and down, in and out, on and off, hot and cold? Wouldn't you like to have some stability this year in 2017? I can't promise you you won't have trials. Can't promise you you're going to have a good year, but I can promise you this. If you walk in the Spirit, you can be steady. Spirit-filled Christians are steady. I want to say this tonight. Spirit-filled Christians are steadfast. Or I mean, I mean they're sensitive. You say, what do you mean sensitive, preacher? I mean they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
They watch their words. They watch their, their, their walk. They, they don't, there's just some things that they're so sensitive, not because uh, uh, people are around them, but they're sensitive to the Spirit. You see, if you want to be filled with the Spirit tonight, then you need to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You need to realize that the things that you say can grieve God. The things you say can grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. I hate to use myself as an example, especially in times like this. But a few weeks ago preaching, I made a, a funny comment to Brother Dave and he didn't really think nothing about it, neither did anybody else, but oh, it so grieved me. You know why it grieved me, Brother Jack? Because on the inside, I knew it grieved God. And I know that everybody else probably went out and never thought nothing about it, but I'm telling you, when I went home, I had to repent over that. And I was being lighthearted. I, I was just being trying to be funny, but I'm telling you, sometimes uh, our mouths will get us in trouble, won't they? Study to be quiet. You know what? Sometimes we don't need to talk. Amen. Y'all can talk right now, okay? Sometimes we don't need to have the last word. Sometimes we don't need to have the answer. I, I found out with people sometimes when they come and they tell you their problems, they, they just need somebody that'll listen and pray for them. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have them anyway, so we don't need of acting like that we do, but sometimes we shouldn't have a comment about everything that happens, and we shouldn't have a, our input. It's not always important, even as the pastor. I don't have to comment on everything I see and hear. Sometimes it's just better to be quiet. Study. You know what the word study means? It means to, it means to take in. It means to examine. It means to learn. Amen. And God said that we need to learn to be quiet. I'm not talking about in our worship. I'm not talking about in church. But I'm talking about when we hear things sometimes. You watch spirit-filled people. I promise you, spirit-filled people don't gossip. Amen. Spirit-filled people don't tell everything they hear that they know. Well, some people, I'm telling you, they ought to work for CNN or Fox News. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about as an anchor. I'm talking about as, a, as an intelligent person that can give them, uh, give them detail because they know more than the news knows. It amazes me how some people can find things out faster than the internet. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're a full-time busybody. They're a professional gospel. Man, it's getting quiet. I'm just going to keep on preaching because y'all must be really loving it, amen? But I'm telling you, friend, we ought to be careful. Listen, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive with our words. I remember sitting at the table one time and something was being told about a preacher and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't you say one word. He's a man of God. And I don't know what was being told about him, if it was true or not true, but I know I feared if I said something, God might do something to me. I still believe that way. I believe we can say things in secret, but God will reward us openly, and that's the good and the bad, amen? You see, tonight, spirit-filled people are sensitive to the service. They're sensitive to God's will for their life. I'm talking about being spirit-filled. Spirit-filled people, I want to say this tonight, they're small. They don't try to be seen. They, they're humble people. You know, pride will keep you from being filled with the Spirit. I appreciate the ability to learn the Word of God, but as I mentioned a few weeks ago, knowledge puffeth up, doesn't it? 
You got to be careful about learning and you should learn and we should learn all that we can but prayer is what keeps us humble. Prayer is what keeps us on our knees and you can learn the scriptures and you can learn things about the Bible and we live in a day of intellect when people are, are ever learning the Bible says but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth but I'm telling you we also live in a day of arrogancy and, and, and egotism and we live in a day of pride. We live in a day when people are not humble like they used to be and friend listen if you're going to be a spirit filled saints, you want to be humble. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand does. Amen. Be, be a person that, listen, don't think highly. The Bible said a man should not think more highly of himself than what he ought to. Brother Laddie was testifying in, 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 in the prayer room and I got to thinking about his testimony, how much everything was just lining up with what I was preaching on tonight. But, but you know tonight, he's old enough to be my father. But tonight, he's, he's always gave me the respect as a pastor. He's always been humble. I look at people tonight. I look at Brother Jack. He's pastored more years than probably close to more. He's been preaching longer than I've been living. Been pastoring for years and years, but the respect. He's, he's so gracious to me, to my wife, to my family. I'm not anything tonight. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's not about me. That's a spirit-filled man. Can I get a witness on that? I believe that's a spirit-filled man tonight. You know why they can do that? They don't think highly of themselves. Great men of God never see themselves as great men of God. Great women for God never view themselves as someone. I'm often, listen, I'm often amazed even in church how sometimes it's the young Christians that are so quick to give the advice and it's the older Christians that oftentimes weigh it out as to whether or not they should even say anything. Is that not amazing? Can I give you some advice that'll help you tonight? I'll give you some advice that'll be a blessing to you. And if this is the advice I'll give you. That if you know somebody that's just handing out advice all the time, don't ever take their advice. Amen. Is that right? I'm telling you, listen, there are people, they've read seven books and they think they can tell the whole world what they need to do. Amen. They read through the Bible one time and they're a Christian counselor now. They know how to help everybody. Only to find out that six months down the road they're trying to dig themselves out of a pit. Amen? I'm just simply saying tonight, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll have, a low, uh, you'll have low esteem about yourself. I don't ever feel like I have read enough, prayed enough, witnessed enough. I don't feel like tonight that I'm anything. Do you feel like tonight? I'm telling you, everything that God has ever done in my life, he could take it away tonight. Not a day goes by. God doesn't remind me of that. Spirit-filled people are small. Then I want to close with this thought tonight. Spirit-filled people are sober. And when I say the word sober, I don't mean sour. Amen. Amen. Some people think when you're sober, the only way to be sober is be sour. They'll scowl at you when you ask them how they're doing. Come on, y'all. Now, don't die on me. Have you ever seen them people that thinks that because you get saved, you got to be miserable the rest of your life? Man, I don't want, that's not what, that's not the way I want to live my life. I believe you can be happy serving Jesus. I believe you can have joy serving Jesus. But I do believe this tonight, the Bible teaches that there comes a time in our life and we need to put away childish things. Amen. 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 There comes a time when we need to grow up. Amen. Amen. Grow up physically and spiritually. 
And we live in a generation, I had a man ask me the other day, and I don't know anything about this, don't want to know anything about it, but I had a man ask me, they said, you ever played fantasy football? I don't even know what that is tonight. I mean, I probably should know, I reckon, if the world's doing it. I said, I, I, don't, I, said, I know what football is. He said, no, I'm talking about fantasy football. I told him, I said, man, I, if it's a fantasy, I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, this guy's 50 years old. He's playing something called fantasy football. Now, some of y'all are laughing at me because I don't know what that is, but hey, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I thank God. I'm not listening. I thank God that when I got saved, that God uh, helped me to put away some things that are childish. It's time to grow up, amen. I see parents a lot of times say they have children and then all of a sudden they want to go back and they want to relive their, their years through their children or all of a sudden they don't want to be married no more. They want to change things. Hey, listen, it's time to be an adult, amen. Responsibility. Responsibility. And by the way, I think the responsibility ought to start at a very young age. And boys, and I'm sure they do, but they ought to have responsibility in their life tonight. And not a little, but a lot. If you want to raise a lazy, you know, the average, uh, the average uh, parent today is just happy if their child does their homework, cleans their room, and brushes their teeth. That's, that's the average uh, parent said, man, I've got a pretty responsible child because, you know, they, they, put, they clean their room up, they brush their teeth. I want to tell you something, friend, they ought to learn more about life than just those basic things. They need to learn how to grow up, how to function, how to have some responsibility, some integrity, some character some virtues, some morals, some respect. And they'll learn that very young. And I'll tell you, that never will happen in their life if mom and dad is not filled with the Holy Spirit. Greatest day in my life was when I realized this. I don't know how to pastor a church. I don't know how to preach. I didn't know how to raise children. I don't even know how to be a husband after all these years. I don't know how to be those things. Only God knows the husband I need to be to my wife. And I want to be the husband I'm supposed to be to her. And raising those kids, uh, even as time went by, as they started getting older, I didn't know the parent that I was supposed to be to my children. But God knew. After all these years of pastoring, do you realize the worst thing I could do tonight is to trust my flesh or to trust the past? and say, well, I've done this before, so we'll go this way. It may not be the will of God. You know where that places us tonight? It places us in a place that every day we must get up and say, dear God, help me, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me to let go of myself. Help me to to surrender my will to yours. And God, I yield myself to you today. Help me not to say, to do anything that would grieve you But, oh, Lord, help me today to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit. Help me to be the witness, God, the things that you put in my path today. Help me to do exactly what you would have me to do for your honor and for your glory. Keep me from temptation. Keep me from sin. Lord, keep my spirit, keep my attitude right. Lord, help me to, to, help me to, help me to be the, the person, be sensitive and discern your will in every situation and every decision, whether it be on the job, whether it be in the home or whether it be with my wife or whether it be in that split second to witness to someone. God, give me the leadership to be the person that I'm supposed to be on this day, Amen. one day at a time, living for God. Amen. I want to ask you a question as they stand and get us a song ready tonight.
I think in my heart, this is what the Lord just dealt with me about this first two services of this year. This is my burden tonight for every person in this church, and I mean this from the depths of my heart. I mean this tonight as your pastor. I mean this more than anything. I want you to know the will of God for your life, and I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean that tonight. I want every mother to be a Spirit-filled mother, and I want every, I want every father to be a Spirit-filled father. I want every young person that's in this church tonight, I don't want to just see you get saved and just sit on a pew, but I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean that, Jonathan. I mean it with all my heart. I want God to control and work in your life. I want every Sunday school teacher in our church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's so important in all of our life. Say, preacher, I want to be filled. Live in the Scriptures. Read the Word of God every day. Pray every day. Surrender to God's will for your life every day. If there's something in your life that doesn't need to be there, yield that to God. Get it out. But put those things in that will help you to have victory and joy in your life. Brother David's going to sing as he sings tonight. You obey God. Do what the Holy Spirit would have you to do. If you need to come, would you come tonight?